0: This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra stylish, premium quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin 1 expandable backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin 1 is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code r Take 30. That's R&R Take 30 at TaskinSF.com next up
1: on an all new rick and rick
0: marvel's latest blockbuster is available on demand and
1: the ricks are ready to spoil it for you
0: that's right it's time for the rick and rick review of dr strange in the multiverse of madness
1: from wanda's resting witch face to dr strange's (laughs) almost lifelike wig to taco bell's sorcerer supreme combo meal you'd better (laughs) buckle a your beltagon for the one show where everybody's in love with captain carter and
0: everybody rules the world
1: thank you everybody for Joining us, this is Rick Matheson, and I am here with my good pal Jimmy Olsen, or I mean Rick Wooden. (laughs) In this in this episode, we're taking all the multiversal madness to the Maximoff. Rick Wooden, we have waited a while to do this. This movie is still in theaters, but it's also out on demand, so most folks will be able to, to watch it now. So yeah. You saw it a while ago.
0: I did, I did. Actually, I saw it in the theater, I, and I'm I'm really glad I did. I definitely think this is a big screen movie, and if you're going to watch it, that that is a format to do it, so get out there and watch it. Yeah,
1: I'm glad we're doing this review, partially because I have lots of questions. You're closer to this character and, and Marvel overall than I am. Um, so I think I have some questions as we go along here but before we dive into what's your overall
0: take? You know um, this is one of those ones uh, and we talked about this I think actually before I went to see it it's like I kind of feel like it's interesting to go see and I should go see it but I wasn't really excited about it and then just before I went like a couple days before I actually saw that Sam Raimi was the one who actually directed it I'm like oh all right, Sam Raimi you know I've I've been a a fan of Sam Raimi's going all the way back to you know Evil Dead and then that the score was actually done by Danny Elfman and you know again I'm a big Danny Elfman fan I, I, I have been since Oingo Boingo so I was like okay okay like the two of these are going to make this interesting you know Sam Raimi's known for you know doing kind of some weird outlandish stuff I could actually kind of work with this and so the only concern I had going into it was you know can can Benedict Cumberbatch actually pull off playing all these various characters and and I think I think you did a pretty good job. So my overall re- response was, yeah, actually it was better than I thought it was. I actually really had a good time.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a surprisingly good movie. It is very Raimi-esque. I've heard some people say, you know, it's it's a horror movie. I, I don't see that. I mean, it's a horror movie the way that a Sam Raimi movie is a horror movie. There's certainly comedic elements here, but I was surprised with this. The film stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, She Gomez, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams, and others. And it opens with Doctor Strange having this dream about he and this girl named America Chavez attempting to attain what's called the Book of the Shanty, which right. can help him protect her against some evil force. We soon learn, as a good doctor does, that America isn't a dream figure. She's real. She's a mutant who has the power to transcend realities, going, as a, for instance, from Marvel's Earth 616 to Marvel's Earth 838. The problem is she doesn't know how she's doing it, and she's being pursued. But Wanda Maximoff, a member of the Avengers named the Scarlet Witch. Now, here's my first question for you, Rick. In this movie, it seemed to indicate that she's not called the Scarlet Witch, that that's someone she becomes.
0: Yeah, the Scarlet Witch is kind of what she evolves into as she gets taken over by the powers that she has, and, and they come to the surface and, and control her versus her controlling them. And in this particular movie, it, they brought that together by having the Darkhold bring out the evil side of her. And, you know, we kind of saw that. Materialize, and of course, like in a movie, they're going to take years worth of comic book stories and boil it down to two hours worth of, of movie viewing. And so they did a good enough job with that. I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was interesting. And, and as long as we're on the topic of her, I, I know I've said this to you before, but I never expected her to be as strong of a character with Scarlet Witch as she has been. And and this is totally biased on my part, but you know she looks so much like the Olsen twins. I I just kind of had a hard time taking it serious when I heard that they had cast her in this. But from the series on. Disney to this, to everything I've seen her in, she actually kills it. She actually does a really good job at this role.
1: Yes, I agree. Her character thus far had been somewhat of a cipher, and it's only here where you see her really showing some acting chops, and they are impressive. In the movie, America is being chased by the Scarlet Witch, or her minions, and when Doctor Strange becomes aware of her trouble, his first thought was, hey, this is clearly witchcraft. I know who can help us with this. Now Help me out this. I thought sorcery and witchcraft were the same thing. So this is a really stupid question, I guess, but aren't they?
0: Wow. I actually don't know the answer to that. Hold on.
1: Because in this movie, they clearly say he's not going to be able to do something that she will be able to do because he's the master of sorcery and she's the master of magic.
0: Yeah. So one of them is a power from within you and the other one is harnessing a power around you.
1: Kind of makes sense. He gained his powers. It's not like he activated a mutant gene, but she was born that way.
0: Yeah. And if you remember in this movie, he acquires it by overpowering a number of, you know, magical creatures and stealing their powers. And, and and again it's incantations, it's him channeling that energy. And and if you remember his uh his teacher, she had actually stayed alive for as long as she had by, you know, sucking the power out of, you know, another multi uh multiverse.
1: Right. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. So, in his dream, when he fir- we first see him with America, he is alt reality Doctor Strange who decides if I'm going to stop this and get control of, of the Book of Ashanti, I'm going to have to take your energy. Your sacrifice will save billions. And so, it seems to be a reoccurring theme for Doctor Strange's across the multiverse. And so, the question becomes whether or not the one that we're following in the MCU will make that same choice or somehow figure out a way to do it without having to essentially kill America. Now, help me out, listeners out, that maybe didn't watch WandaVision. The picture that I got from this was that WandaVision takes place after Endgame and that she has had some kind of break with reality and mistakes were made. She somehow conjured up some version of reality where she's living through different versions of popular sitcoms. Were the boys who played her sons in this movie in that show?
0: I believe they are the same actors. Don't quote me on that, but I believe they are.
1: Okay, and so she had this imaginary relationship with imaginary children. But since that time, she has been traversing, or whatever they called it, dreamwalking into other realities where those two children are flesh and blood beings. And she's been kind of living through her Correct. doppelganger on those other worlds. Correct. Okay. And at the end of WandaVision, did they insinuate that she had gone evil?
0: No, but uh, she had been using the power of the Darkhold to control that entire town because, you know, her power had been amplified by it. And so there was in the, uh, you know, at least a little bit of a suggestion that you know, she was doing things that she really shouldn't have been able to do. That she was getting help, and, and that maybe crossing over into the dark side. Got it. So, you know, there was a little bit of that, and, and in fact, we saw that within the film because, you know, uh, I think when Ms. Strain said to her, "Hey, why don't you just go to? You know, there's a, you know a million of these, you know, different universes out there. Just go to one where the the children don't have a mother and be their mother. Right. You know, why do you why do you have to you know take it away from a mother?" That already exists, right? So I, I mean, and, and obviously the answer to that is, you know, because that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to have the only kid. So, yeah.
1: so nothing was inconsistent anyway. You, it wasn't a disconnect for people who had seen WandaVision that she had crossed some threshold where she was going to be dangerous.
0: No. No, and it was evident that she was going to from that show.
1: So it is Sam Raimi here, and things that I really liked in the way he approached things were moments where it seemed to be a handheld camera where, for instance, those demons, whenever they attacked someone, the camera was right on that person and moving quite a bit like they were trying to swat away the camera. And I felt like that was really, really effective. And then the tableaus did. I mean, there were moments in the movie, just the shifts between different scenes that were spectacular. One of the ones in particular that I really just marveled at and I had to watch again was when we see he's, I don't know what Earth they're on, 818 or 838, whatever they're (laughs) at. Anyway, Xavier, Patrick Stewart is trying to save that world's Wanda because she's been sort of imprisoned by Scarlet Witch. And he comes across this environment where it was all white, but a single door and some brick ruins, whatever. Just the establishing shot of that was so eye-popping that I had to go back and look at it again. The battle scenes, so much of it just really worked.
0: Yeah, no, and and this is classic Sam Raimi. I mean, he, if you look back to any of the, you call it horror or whatever you want, you know, that he's done, you know, this idea of just having many things drawing your attention, the layers of it and all that is just something that he's really good at and it excelled here. That battle scene with, you know, all the different heroes across the the different universes was pretty amazing and to your point about all the creatures chasing after Doctor Strange, he just did a fantastic job.
1: Now, a big sequence here was him meeting the Illuminati this alt-reality team made up of Haley Atwell's Peggy Carter, who apparently is Captain Carter. She was the one who took the super soldier serum in her world instead of Steve Rogers, or maybe it's an addition to, I don't know. Anson Mount. So this is Captain Pike on Star Trek Discovery. He plays Blackagar Boltagon, or Black Bolt. We see Lashana Lynch, the new 007 in No Time to Die. She plays that world's Captain Marvel. And then John Krasinski as Reed Richards, who is the leader of the Fantastic Four. In this, you clearly see, you he had a maturity and a, a gravitas that that character would need to have.
0: He's another uh you know actor that I, I have to say I'm impressed with his range. Yeah. After seeing him on The Office Forever, I just always assumed he was going to be a slapstick kind of guy. Yeah. But you know, seeing him do Jack Ryan, then seeing him in this, I, actually, I'm, I'm I'm really impressed with the range.
1: Okay, so a couple of things that didn't work for me. I want to get your take on. For me, the quality of the CGI varied quite a bit throughout the movie completely seamless to I, I'm distracted by it. Yeah. Did you have that feeling as well?
0: You know, I, I do have to say yes. I did notice at times that I was a little distracted and, and annoyed by the special effects. And, you know, some of it was fantastic. And then other times it was like, eh. And, it, and we've seen this with other movies before. And so it makes me wonder if they weren't doing audience testing as they went along and then decided to pull back a little bit on the budget or this or that. I I, I mean, I'm just guessing at this point, but something just seems off. It's It's like they... You know, hedged their bet and then pulled back on it.
1: Those were the things that didn't work. We talked about a lot of things I felt did work, but uh, one more I wanted to mention was Rachel McAdams here too as Christine. I'd kind of forgotten that she was his love interest in the original movie. She's always great Great, and come on. I mean, how do you not fall in love with her in any movie? Totally. But when you think about an actress like her, kind of like maybe Natalie Portman would experience the same thing. These are very minor characters like Gwyneth Paltrow can't even remember what movie she was in, you know, type of thing and doesn't know anything about the Marvels. Here are actors that are kind of coming into things where there's a lot going on when they're not there. Yeah. I have to say, I totally bought that she was Christine yeah. and she seemed fully dialed in on the universe and the person that she was inhabiting. I she was fantastic. I would absolutely agree with that. Now we haven't touched on Sochi Gomez, so America Chavez playing a high-profile, indispensable character in this had to have been uh, awesome, but also daunting. I thought she was good, but my question to you is: Does this character exist in Marvel comics? Because I had never heard of her before.
0: Yeah, that's that's because you know during your my time of comics, she wasn't really a, a character at all, and, and in fact, her first appearance was in 2011, and in Vengeance number one, 2017, she got her own. So that, that's what five years ago that she had her own comic. So, but you know. It, she seems to be a you know a fairly popular character and as you know one of the cool things about comics is they they've always kind of pushed us along culturally you know in this particular case you know they're they're bringing in a you know a strong female character hispanic the whole thing and which is just fantastic
1: right yeah i had never heard of her i thought this actress was good but i'm unclear what her powers are beyond opening portals do you know what the extent of her powers
0: yeah her powers are superhuman strength and durability and the power of light uh which is kind of interesting i'm not sure exactly what they mean by the power of light and it feels you know a little bit like this marvel or something like that hmm. but her main power is the ability to basically punch a hole through reality and jump from one reality to another
1: okay the finale of the movie and again more spoilers when wanda realizes the error of her ways she destroys the book and she destroys herself the way she does that rick i seem to remember when we first met the character age of ultron or something she was living in that other country. Tree. She was a prisoner in that uh, mountain hideaway. And in that movie, the Avengers destroyed that mountain and freed Wanda from that prison. In this, the shape of the mountain and the way she lifts it up and drops it on herself made me think of that as a bookmark. Did you have that same feeling or any feeling about that?
0: Yeah, you know, my my feeling going back to Secret Wars, there was a, I think his name was Molecule Man or something like that. And, you know, one of the things in Secret Wars is everybody's powers are changed a little bit and his in particular were amped way up and so he picked up a mountain range and dropped it on the heroes. He was the bad guy and so then the mightiest heroes that were there um, including the Hulk held back the mountain so there was a cavity where people could continue to live until they could blast their way out. So to me it felt like it was a foreshadowing of that particular very iconic scene.
1: Interesting. So for me it was a reference backward but for you it was about what could be coming. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay, what is your final grade for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness?
0: I'm going to give it a solid B. I really enjoyed it. I, uh, Like I said, a little surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. I think they did a great job. I think the acting was fantastic. You know, always things that could have been better, but I'd recommend it. I I, I think it's worth watching. It was, uh, you know, a fun ride. How about you?
1: I think I'm going to be generous and, and say a B-plus on this one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what happened in the first Doctor Strange movie, and yet somehow I felt for his character. I felt for him in Pristine, Rachel McAdams. The last scene where she's like, I gotta head back to my world. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I love you in every world or whatever. And she goes, like, it won't work out, but that'd be one hell of an incursion. I love that line. <laughs> That's awesome. I felt like everyone was phenomenal in this. So I'm gonna be generous and give it a B plus here.
0: That's awesome. I, I take it. I think it's deserving of it. It didn't quite hit it for me, but I could definitely see why you did that.
1: Great. Well, the Rick Whedon, before we head on out, refresh everyone's memory on where they can find you online.
0: Uh, you can always find me on Twitter i'm at wooten
1: w-o-o-t-t-e-n and how about yourself matheson i'm at rick matheson on twitter and until next time please stay safe keep each other safe and keep on coming back to the one show where everybody's name is rick and everybody rules the world